Hey everyone, Colby here. Welcome to the first ever CNBC Talks podcast. When we were first recording this, we figured that we would be talking for like an hour, but it turns out we really like to talk. So to spare you your time, we decided to split this into two parts. You're listening to episode one, which is part one right now, and we hope to release episode two to you as soon as we can in the not too distant future. Anyhow, we hope that you enjoy listening to this, then you can learn something and maybe just even laugh along the way a little bit. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first ever CNBC Talks podcast. Woo! You guys can cheer over here. Woo! Yeah. I am Colby McFeely, and I'll play kind of the host role in this whole thing. But I am probably the least important and least smart person here. We already know that, Colby. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> Around the table today, we have starting off with our temporary lead pastor, Jesse Schellenberg. Hi, everyone. We have our full-time youth pastor in Brett McCarroll. He's actually not full-time yet. <laughs> well, soon to be full-time. That's about yet to be decided. <laughs> Thanks, interim lead pastor. Uh, thank you for the lovely introduction, Colby. I hope to be full-time one day. And this is what my voice sounds like. So this is me. I am Brett. <laughs> it's good to meet Brett. And then we have the most mature of us all. Yeah, um, and, and comfortable. And the most comfortable. She's sitting on the bed where we're all on these uncomfortable chairs in mm -hmm. Jesse's basement. And this is Amy Cowell. Hello. Awesome. So with Pastor Ed out on sabbatical, um, these three will pretty much provide the entire spiritual leadership for our church. That's a terrifying thought. And can sabbatical be a verb? Is he sabbaticaling? Sabbaticalizing? Sab What's he doing right now, do you think? I, I imagine that he's sitting in a hot tub somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with a fish that he just caught somewhere, probably. I wish I was sitting in a hot tub with a fish that I just caught. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so essentially we're doing this podcast because we want to just put out some more media and just put some positive spins and some Christian content out there for everybody to hear and listen to. So without further ado, let's get started right into our first podcast, and we're going to talk about social media. This is something that um, is super relevant and has exploded in the last 10 years. Um, social media includes social networking sites. So that's um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. But then sites like um, newspapers and podcasts also include the media con are included in media content. This has become something that's super pertinent and very relevant in our church and in the Christian community at large. So what's the dumbest thing that you have each done on social media? That's the starting question. That is the starting question. <laughs> like, let's get right into it. It's high intellectualism going on right now. It's incredible. I don't think I've ever done anything dumb on social media. Um, I have typed in responses 
to things that uh, got me upset and then deleted them. And I've, you know what? I have done something dumb on social media. Of course you have. I want to hear it. Yeah. Like eight years ago, maybe when I first uh, entered the Facebook world, I let my husband use my account (laughs) and he started adding friends. And there were people I didn't want to be friends with, like his cousin Roy. I'm like, I don't want to be cousin Roy's friend. So that's the dumbest thing I've ever done on social media was let my family use my account. Did you unfriend cousin Roy? (laughs) You did, didn't you? yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What if cousin Roy listens to this podcast? You'll be deeply offended. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, cousin Roy. (laughs) She still loves you, just not on Facebook. So we're going to go back to pre-Facebook days. Uh, I don't know if you can call this social media, Colby, but um, I remember being a teenager, junior high, MSN Messenger. Oh, yes. oh my goodness. MSN Messenger. Yes. Wow. And so amazing. You could you could chat with so many people at the same time. Like at your uh, dial-up internet at home could handle like maybe three <laughs> conversations. <laughs> And you'd wait a solid 60 seconds, you know, for everything you send to actually go through. So it was, a, it was painstaking. You could have a short conversation with three people and it would take well over an hour. And your dial-up would go in and out and you'd listen to the <laughs> thing all the time. Yeah, so that's that's where it all started for me. And since then, and of course, I've never said a single uh, dumb thing in my life, so... <laughs> Uh, I don't have any stories to recall beyond, you know, having several conversations that were super serious uh, as a teenager going at the same time. Wow. Yes. Be amazed. Be amazed. Be amazed. I didn't, uh, I don't think I've ever really done anything that dumb. I'm sure I have, but um, one of the things when I think about social media use for myself was that it basically was the primary way I gathered up the courage to ask Brayden out on a date. I would, I remember I liked this young lady, this young lass and I, (laughs) and I did not want to talk to her because that was terrifying. Um, But it's amazing what a keyboard gives you confidence. And so I would just like sit at my laptop at Trinity Western university and I would wait for on Facebook messenger. You could tell when people were online and when that light would go green, it would mean she was on Facebook and I would get excited. And I'm like, hey, happened to see you that you're online. How are you doing? And the rest is history. So that's I, pretty creepy. I was stalking her hard. And my, my room my room at Trinity actually looked out into the parking lot. And so like when she would like get in her car and go somewhere, I'd often like text her. Hey, what are you doing? Just to make sure she wasn't chasing other boys and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Was, wow, yeah. Jesse. Bit of a creep, bit of a stalker. So it's aggressive, but it's also wise. I think so. I think yes. it works out for you. Wisdom. So. Yes, wisdom. Like Solomon. I don't think Basically it's like Solomon. Yeah, not wise. Well, I mean like, okay. <laughs> sure. See, let's move Amy's on. Amy's wisdom prevails. I... <laughs> I'm the youngest and so therefore the most social media savvy and probably the dumbest on social media. Prove it. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> this one is uh, its a little bit of an embarrassing story because I took English in university. So you'd think I'd know the whole grammar and the correct thing. So I was, um, I was reading an article. I think it was put out by CBC. I can't even remember. And there was like full, of, it was just full of spelling mistakes and wrong comma placements and it was irritating me so i i posted on twitter everybody read this article and appreciate how um 
terribly grammatic it is. <laughs> like, I think that's that's definitely proper grammatically fairly, terrible. Yeah, kind of like yeah, the last so, sentence. So I this, believe so, that's called irony. So yes, this is hilarious. <laughs> but I get on Twitter where I like you know you have people that follow you, and about five minutes later, I'm in class, and three people will look up to me. They're like, "You're an idiot." And I was like, "Why?" They're like, "You had four misspellings in your tweet." <laughs> About oh, how bad other people's grammar was. And that was probably the most embarrassing thing. Because then I was like, oh, I was doing it ironically to like try to make a point. And definitely wasn't. It was just a yeah. mistake on my part. Because I'm not actually as smart as I think I am. <laughs> so let's go into some more. Um, Colby, we've been hard on you. We like you. And we think you're smart. I, I am decently smart. I will hold true to that. And but I've done stuff that's dumb on social media. I was just kidding. Other than that, leaving my account open. That that Full is about, just so you yeah. know from like a kid's perspective, like mine, that is the dumbest thing you can do on social media. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a more serious note, why does um why does it become so important for that the church adapts and creates more of a presence on social media? And what opportunities do the social media hold for the church? Yeah, I think um, it is important that the church creates a presence. Uh, I don't think that we are going to see a day where social media will ever replace authentic community in real life, face-to-face interaction. But a lot of, you know, I'm a youth pastor and a lot of our teens are finding a sense of community online. I, I would not ever call it authentic but it is where a lot of people are hanging out and a whole lot of ideas are shared and so to think as a church that Mm. that that is not forming people in some way would be crazy so i'm not suggesting that as a church we move everything into an online cyber virtual community world or something but i think that if you look at it like a pie there's a whole lot of information out there and if the church can get even a piece of that pie uh, to where people are consuming some good content, content where they are thinking about their actions or or just engaging their faith in just uh, real ways throughout the week. I think that's a very, very important thing for the church to do. Not to, you know, I'm not saying we go all in and do everything social media, uh, but at the same time to totally ignore it would be unwise in reaching this next generation. I would agree. I think um, I heard someone say that social media is essentially the town square of the 21st century and I think that's a good way of thinking about it it's where as Brett said ideas are shared and I think if we look at how people consume information now it's pretty evident um, that that is primarily happening through apps or other yeah social media network type thingies so for us not to have a presence on there for Christians not to um, provide information that can be consumed in that yeah, facet would be yeah, kind of foolish, silly. The only thing I would add is, uh, and maybe it's just a different way of saying what you've already said, but I think we belong in the public, right? And in every, in, in all areas in life, Christians belong in the public because we're we're humans and we interact with other humans there. So for the church or or Christians to avoid uh, an an area where people are seems just wrong that just doesn't that just seems anti-human I don't know and that it is just a barrier to community so we belong uh, we belong and we need to be a presence in the public and social media is part of our our public 
Okay, let me ask a question to that. Can I do that? Can I can I be rude right now? Yes, can you I? can definitely be okay. rude. So I have in the past um, kind of worn like this idea that I wasn't engaged in social media as like a badge of honor, as if I was like better than other Christians. Like, oh, I don't have Facebook because I'm an elite Christian and I'm set apart or something strange like that. I think sometimes we maybe do that with social media. We think of it as maybe a worldly evil thing. And so we don't engage with it because we're Christians. And so we're set apart and we don't need to do those kinds of things. What would you guys say to that kind of mindset or idea that somehow social media or being involved in Facebook or Twitter is inherently wrong or evil or perhaps is a way that we can be live set apart as Christians? Yeah, so I don't think that the idea of being set apart as Christians would mean that as Christians we go into hiding and we avoid contact with the public or anything secular. I think the whole point of God setting up Israel to be a holy people, to be set apart, was so that they could be an influence to other nations, that they would, Mm -hmm. um, by the way they acted and the way God was uh, revealing himself to them, instituting laws and different things. Uh, The way that Israelites were to treat each other and act should have been a healthy witness to the outside world. So if that concept kind of overflows into social media, I think we have, yeah, we can be a set apart people in the way that we think through the content we put on social media, the way we behave. Preach it, brother. Yeah, man, the way we... uh, Um, you know, there's a lot of tribalism that goes on in social media, one camp against the other and your feed just gets drowned with all of the same stuff. Shocking how that happens. And so people just get more entrenched in their own, you know, pretty narrow ideas typically. And, uh, that's just really unhealthy when Christians are doing that. Uh, that's not how we're set apart. That's how we, uh, I don't know. We, we just, uh, are glaringly mean to other people and not, engaging and certainly not being a set apart people in the public sphere where we're being a healthy witness of who God is. I think also if you don't, if you wish to not participate in social media, you don't want to have a Facebook account. Like I think that's still an option for, for any individual in our society. So it certainly wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say Jesse that you needed to be on Facebook in order to, to, yeah, just affect every part of your culture. However, I don't think you get to wear it as a badge of honor that mm. you you aren't involved in social media either. So, and I think any part of our culture that we are in, we we follow Christ in it, and we seek to be a good Christian, if that's a thing. And and by that, I just mean a good a follower of Christ um, in in whatever part of our culture or our public that we are involved in jesse he's like a masked social media person though he he (laughs) he i see him you know typing things under Braden, his wife's account and then just signing his name at the bottom he's real sneaky like that badge of you always have to guess (laughs) when you see Braden schellenberg on facebook you have to decide to like determine was this jesse or was this Braden? because it's not a guarantee if you see Braden that she posted it yeah 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 it's good that he posts i think my last post is like 2013 probably so i'm a little behind that's fair you like once scolded me on social media i did yeah when i was in junior high we were having some you probably deserved it i I don't know if i did but we had definitely we had some band come to um our youth group and it was posted on social media. Wow. And who I, posted it? I think it was Scott, like, you know, good old pastor Scott yeah. back in the day. And, um, I just made a comment like, is this band any good? 
and Brett just went, Colby, we're trying to get people to come to this thing. Like, why are you being so negative? I was like, what? <laughs> well, again, thoughtful content. You know, is this band any good? Just throwing that out there to the world. I don't yes. know if that's super kind to that band or to anyone that could have been involved. So, yeah. So, you got me very early on being a socially conscious social media user. And don't I th- give him that. I love this. But honestly, one of the things Keep that going, was Colby say more. I think one of the things that was what so other amazing things have I taught you? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just going to speak more to the social media thing right now. But I <laughs> but seriously, I think that one of the things that Brett did in that moment was he taught me this idea that the social media sphere, like people see this. Hmm. It's not like you're hidden behind the screen. Mm-hmm. I was just. Because I didn't, I didn't want Brett to be disappointed in me. He's one of the youth leaders, and there's somebody I looked up to. And I was like, this sucks that he saw that I was, you know, maybe kind of a dill hole on the, dill hole on this old social media. That's Do we need to censor term. that word? <laughs> the the one thing uh, that I'm just <laughs> looking up the plant dill and seeing if it has a hole right now. I'm. I was never uh, disappointed in you as a as a human. I don't think. Just sometimes when you're a little guy as a junior high kid, sometimes I was disappointed in your hair when you'd show up because it was like <laughs> it would go so many different directions. It was like it was trying to escape from your head. It's still not good. I wear a hat now. I no I no. It's it gotten way better. Yeah, it's nice. Good. You're such that. a just a cute little guy, Colby. Girl, He's also happy. married, so that yeah, helps. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Despite what I sound like, you know, my adolescent voice. So why like the, but then why does it become important that the church gets content on, in on social media? Because we consume so much. Like my brother and I were sitting in the car and we decided one day, like, let's look at how much social media usage we use. And it was kind of scary to look and go just casually looking once in a while. We consumed like four hours of social media in a day. And that's average for most people. And so with that much content, why – like, why is it so important that we put out good content as the church? And what is good content? Well, it's certainly a podcast where Jesse and Brett are present, and myself and you, Colby. That is good content. <laughs> Defend that. <laughs> <laughs> is it the same, uh, again, as um, just being that positive influence, having uh, having a chance to affect culture, having a chance to to share the good news, having a chance to portray uh, Christianity in a, in a welcoming, positive way. It, I think that's just why, why we need to be, why there needs to be positive content, why the church needs to contribute to content is so just to enrich, enrich that environment. I think that like one of the things that I've always seen social media as is a place where you're learning no matter what's going on. Like, it might be good learning, it might be awful learning, but you're learning something and something is influencing you. And so I think that's what kind of inspired me to start something like this podcast is to just make some of the media good, healthy learning and conversation where you're not just getting filled with garbage all day. Yeah, that's a so I, I don't know why you asked us to be on here. <laughs> <laughs> because me you're either. smarter than me. Oh. For like Apparently, that's what I was told. I'm oh, just kidding. No, I agree. I think the content is very important. Um, yeah, and four hours a day, that's a lot, I feel like. is that What is the average? Do you have those stats, Colby? No, but like, 
so what we did is we went around to some of our buddies and we were just like, hey, like, just let's see your phone. And it wasn't weird for people to have like four hours a day on some form of social media or another. Wow. Yeah, that, I feel like that in itself, though, I think that's a problem just in itself. The amount of consuming that people are doing versus, you know, choosing other healthy things or creating things like, mm-hmm. you know, creating relationships mm-hmm. with people or creating music or art or creating, yeah. uh, you know, through sports or athletics, just healthy human activities that are exercise things that are actually good for us mm-hmm. as opposed to sitting there and, and consuming content on a screen which I mean, science has proved over and over is like really really bad for us we we know that and yet yeah like you're not a you're you're a good guy colby and like you're not uh i don't think you're all twisted and weird because of the screen time you have but like for you to have four hours a day that's a lot it is a lot like there's no doubt about it but i think the thing that social media one one of the things that I think it does is it makes you think that you're part of something. Even though you're like just sitting at a screen clicking a like button, it makes you think that you're part of this movement. Like I think about Coney 2012 or whatever cause. It's like we think that hitting like on a screen is actually doing something. And I think to a degree that young people, my generation and younger probably, are right on board with that and they just said yeah we're making a difference we're on social media we're pressing like we're retweeting the right things mm-hmm. but really you're not actually mm-hmm. doing too much i j- just like to point out i i i don't think we can just blame people that are at, uh, in their 20s or younger for that i think that that's kind of across the board with social media users just the idea that that we're being involved in something by by sharing or by liking or that that's not just so you know that's there's older people that do that as well yeah no i i agree i don't think it's just us i think that i think that is i I don't know i see it's really prevalent with my generation and i think that that's kind of concerning to a degree with that said let's jump into the next question we had because it kind of fits right into what we're talking about like what are some of the dangers that we can get into with social media and that christians and the church in particular should really be careful and wary of when we're engaging on these platforms uh i think one of the dangers is that it produces a very false sense of community and uh even to the point where people think that it can replace authentic um relationships so I think one of the things we forget uh, sometimes with our online presence is how it is designed and wired to feed us the information we want to hear. Uh, and it's not just Facebook or, or whatever. It's everything. Like if you go on Amazon and buy something, uh, immediately after you put it in your cart or you purchase it, there's things on the bottom that say, oh, people who purchased this also bought this. Or if you watch a Netflix show, it'll say, hey, because you watch this show, you probably will like this stuff. We are... Um, we are being formed um, by our culture to think that life is about getting what we want and just consuming and consuming more of the same stuff that makes us feel comfortable and safe. And on social media, especially um, on something like a Facebook, 
we can get uh, into these uh, groups or be surrounded by like-minded people who think almost exactly like us, and we get this sense that uh, maybe my idea or my concept or my, my understanding of this is the normative way to think of it, and all the sane people think like this, and everyone else is, is stupid or dumb. or And that's really um, unfortunate because we like to be surrounded by people that are like us, but there's a danger in that, in that it doesn't teach us how to actually be unified and value authentic relationships because that's just not reality. So you think of a, a local church and you're going to be surrounded by people who are different than you, whether that's the gender, age, upbringing, theological uh, dispositions on certain things. And we have to learn, as Paul describes in almost every one of his letters, to be united in that and to recognize that there's actually value in seeking out relationships with people that are different than us. I think of any biological family, um, no one thinks exactly the same, right? Uh, yet we learn to love these people because they're part of our family. And so I think one of the big dangers of social media is that we can quickly get into these little tribes um, that we think... Um, yeah, and that can be our understanding of what it means to be united when we all agree on everything. And that's just not true unity in um, yeah, the biblical sense. That's good stuff, Jesse. I think that we that social media, yeah, it changes what we think of when we think of community. Because I know on social media that I have developed the people that I want to be with mm -hmm. and that I don't want to be with. And mm -hmm. I've maybe never even talked to the people, but I know like, Oh yeah, those people that are my people are like, you know, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you because mm -hmm. of what you put on social media. But that also brings us to this idea that social media, it's not irrelevant. What you post has ramifications and it actually does tell you something about yourself. Um, we have a young youth leader named Alex Olson, and he said something very wise to me once that stuck with me. Your social media might not be you, but it certainly reflects you. So if all of my posts, my retweets, my comments are about something in particular, that something might be very important to me, whether I claim it or not in real life. And I think so often we pretend that social media is like this mask where, again, like we don't, we're not really seen, and maybe what we say here doesn't actually affect us, but it does. It really does affect you, and it shapes what you're thinking. Yeah, I think there, there's a, um, a ton of truth there, Colby, especially in the way it plays out in youth. A um, lot of dangers um, in young people being on social media and just behaving in ways that are, are totally inappropriate. One of the big dangers is uh, I come across this a lot. Uh, teenagers and younger on social media. Why on earth would someone younger than a teenager have access to social media is beyond me, but some do. And they don't realize that what they put out there on social media, like that actually stays there forever. Um, you can't just throw stuff out there and then have it disappear. That's not the way it works. So when you say, yeah, there's ramifications to what we do and say, yeah, there is it. I mean, any going to get a job nowadays uh, they will uh, potential employers going to do a quick search on social media on Facebook on Instagram what what's this person all about if there's horrendous stuff there yeah I mean yeah you can't get rid of that and also you're gonna have a hard time proving to someone that you are a decent human being if you're throwing garbage out there all the time so it's just the practical end of things with social media that you know a lot of education needs to be done with kids and 
um, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, how we can use technology in healthy ways, like within families and how parents can be equipped a little bit better. We can talk about that a little bit later, but, um, yeah, that's, I just, a lot of education needs to be done, especially yeah. with young mm-hmm. people and, and, and often with people my age and all, all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And along those lines, like, I think that what you just said speaks a lot to the church and the importance it is of the content that we put out and yeah. produce. Yeah. Because just like a job search, people want to go to a restaurant. They look at the reviews, they go on Facebook and see what it's all about. People are looking to go to a church. I think that we have to be so careful as, as a church organization, especially, and then as members, what our social media would look like. Cause often that's people's first impression. You know, it used to be, you could come to the church, shake hands with people and you have to get to know them through conversation. But now you can go online and you can learn just about everything about these people. So yeah, like I, I don't know. I think that that's a big, important thing for the church to be aware of. Mm-hmm. It sure. is for sure. And, uh, you know, now you got me scared a little bit, Colby, because I don't know if anyone saw the video Jesse and I produced. No, that's funny. I think people appreciate humor. It's like... Sure, but like, I, I don't know. I can't take that back. I'm spinning around on my boss's chair. <laughs> and, and he's coming back. He's coming back and I have to face the wrath. You've got a lot of... a well-rested man. So that's, <laughs> that's a little bit scary. I want to correct one thing you said. So you said we have to be careful. I think we don't have to be careful. We have to be wise. Yes. And I think careful um, implies that we need to be scared of um, mm. of how things are going to be perceived. And uh, I don't think scared is the right approach in as Christians. We're, we don't, we're not called to be scared people. Um, we're called to be hopeful people. And so I think wisdom um, must inform what we post and to always recognize how it will be perceived and to present the gospel winsomely and to adorn it with... Yes, in, in verbiage and in ways that is, yeah. What, I, I'm sorry, sorry, just a quick definition on winsome. <laughs> He's the smartest and one I out know. of all of us. I know. Like adorning, adorning or adornment? <laughs> just be wise, people, okay? <laughs> like, but, Je- but Jesse, so I, I want to ask you, because you used the idea of sh- how do we show the gospel on social media? Like, what does that actually look like? Because I feel like this is a conversation that isn't really had that often. So in all like aspects of our life, we're to share this gospel. How do we do that on a social media platform? Because I actually don't know if I really know how. Like, what's yeah. your vision for that? Yeah, I think it has. Um, sharing the gospel is uh, something that as Christians we do at all times uh, in our life. And one of the ways I've noticed someone do this well uh, was a guy at Living Springs Bible Camp who. Uh, is a counselor. His name is Mark Whitelaw, I believe. And one of the things he does well on social media is that his posts are always filled with joy and hope. Um, he will post, uh, he'll be going on a hike or something and just make a comment of how much he's enjoying this thing. And his feed has very little complaining, uh, very little whining, um, very little negative talk about really anyone. And he is unashamedly uh, a follower of Jesus and a disciple of his. And I think that's one thing we need to be careful with is that sometimes we think we need to fight. Careful or wise? Wise, both. (laughs) Uh, One thing we need, no, no, here we go. We need to be careful about is how we engage the culture. And sometimes if the culture is complaining and whining about something, we come back with more complaints and whines. Hmm. As Christians, we need to, to... um, recognize that and not fight um, eye for an eye um, as 
it would say in scripture. And we can refuse to engage in whining and complaining and negative talk um, about people. And that doesn't mean we're not entering debates or anything like that, but the way we do it really matters. And yeah, I think that's, that's how it, how we can start by sharing the gospel is by being a people who are marked by the fruit of the spirit um, on our social media feeds. That's, that is fantastic. I think a lot of people, when, when you think about it, a lot of people need to relearn uh, or almost like hit a total reset button on how they um, actually engage in conversations with people. I think for a lot of folks, most of our conversations are superficial. So we got weather, we got our jobs, we got our truck we like or whatever, our ball glove. Yeah. And uh, that makes up 99% of the conversations that most folks have or, or politics or whatever. And people just... Um, in such, it's almost like you're in a rut or you're in a habit of, you know, you just talk and talk on that same thing and it doesn't get anywhere and it doesn't produce anything positive. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I think people need to relearn how to just engage in real deep and meaningful conversation with one another. I think, uh, good shout out to Mark. I like that. Yeah. I think I'm going to follow him. Hi Mark. I hope you're listening. Mm -hmm, You're a good mm -hmm. guy. Mark, I just got you a bunch of followers. You're welcome. So many followers. (laughs) Hey, I I know what else though, to show the, uh, share the gospel. Well, social media, um, you know how like there's those, uh, memes or pictures of like, uh, like Jesus or somebody. And it'll be like, you know, like, and share if you're a true Christian, a true believer, a true believer. Yes. And if you like, and share that, I think that is actually how it's confirmed that you have <laughs> a saving faith. Is that true? Or no? Or am I yes. Incorrect? That's like, yes. that's like the guarantee. In third Corinthians, I believe it does in mention the, that in the letter <laughs> to three, three Corinthians. Do you know, I think, I, I think that I am a social media wimp. So, this 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 conversation is maybe instructive for me a little bit because I see I I uh, am very critical on um, when I'm reading through people's posts often just in my own heart and I often don't engage because I don't <laughs> I don't want people to be critical of me or I I um, yeah I just don't in- engage like I'm I'm there I'm reading I'm looking but I don't I don't actively participate because I I just cop out I guess and and move on and I mean sometimes it just means it because I'm not engaging in social media at all but often it's just because I don't um, don't even want to play in that field because I'm I'm upset by other people so mm. I'm learning stuff is what I'm saying I think like I'm in the same boat as you Amy and it's kind of like social media has gotten to the place where like you don't it's hard to discern truth from fiction and sometimes that's a really thin line sometimes it's actually really hard to tell it's not like it's obvious and sometimes i think i struggle i struggle with looking at content and looking at the content that people are sharing and i'm not talking just about political stuff but about stuff about religion and um even sports sometimes like some of the ludicrous things that are on social media and it's like so hard to engage with that stuff because you're just like, I need to have a logical conversation with somebody and this is not logical. So how am I supposed to engage you with any amount of logic? That's not maybe an appropriate response on my part, but that's just what I feel <laughs> inside when I go on social media. There's been a lot of interesting studies. I was reading a, an article um, just with regards to the rise of anxiety and stuff with regards to people who are heavily ingo- involved in social media. 
um, and, and more so in the consumption of news and all the negative things happening around the world. And there are some really strong studies suggesting that there's a direct correlation uh, between stress and anxiety and the amount of news um, that, that we consume. And I think as, as Christians, again, um, we need to be careful with how we consume that and how we, um, yeah, how we engage with that information and to not forget that and i'm going to spoil um brett's sermon maybe coming up on sunday don't uh, you dare i i am I, well i'm not going to spoil it but i will maybe this is spoiler alert so if anybody wants to hear brett's yes. sermon without any spoilers skip the turn next it off yeah seconds. like skip the next 30 seconds but if um, <laughs> <laughs> the passage that brett is going to preach on says this um finally brothers and sisters whatever is true Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I think um, if, yes, when we think about what we're consuming and how we're responding, um, we need to do it through that lens. And yeah, just to often check ourselves. So Jesse, what, what I'm hearing you saying is that we as Christians probably need to be a little bit more aware of the things that we are consuming. It's like we need to find a better balance between the negative, more worldly things that we consume and things that are maybe actually more praiseworthy, true, and noble. If we don't do this, I, I guess we could run the chance of being consumed and overwhelmed by the wrong things. Could we set this up a little bit later where it's like uh, Jesse doesn't always get to sound like the smart guy? <laughs> we need the smart guy. Like we gotta create a niche for each of us. But but Je Jesse, so you said something really interesting to me. Uh, he only sounds smart because I say really dumb things, and then Jesse responds with Kay. much carefully adorned wisdom. I have spent last some wisdom. Seventy-eight hours just preparing that comment right there. So <laughs> you're like straight. you're like a young Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> sure, <laughs> one the prince of Jesse preachers prepares beautiful. one hour for every one minute of podcast content. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so just I have a question based on something that you said. So, sure. is it possible on social media to give a Christian perspective that might actually be like theologically correct, but give that in a way that is not correct, like or present that in a way that is not correct. Yeah. So the question is, does like does the means or the method of um, our speech or interaction matter? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Colby. Funny. He's asking you if that's what you're asking him, and you said probably. Oh, okay. Well, no, but like my question is, is like. Yeah, like you're you're asking you're asking whether or not, um, yes, we can if we can say a correct statement but do it in a way that does not honor God. The answer to the question is yes. Ooh, that that's a whole can of worms that I don't know if I want to open or not with you. Um, like what would be like? Give me Jesse a concrete example of where like this, this is this takes place in real life. Like, I have this truth, and it is a truth. There's no debating that. Well, I guess it's always debating it if you're a phil philosophy major. But um, we have this truth that we believe as Christians. But we do it like a disservice by presenting it the way we do. Like what's something that we've maybe as a church abroad failed in with that in that regard? Oh, man. Um, 
Like you want a historical example? Or so, just a recent example, any example. Just maybe one of the ways you've spoken to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <Boom. laughs> okay, so um, sometimes I don't get along with people. Have you ever experienced that in your life? You don't get along with them. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Well, yeah. Yes. yes. So, and um, Brett, what were you going to say? <laughs> Brett? going to say i did colby and kate's marriage prep so i know all about that <laughs> <laughs> nice just a little friction once in a while mostly your fault but <laughs> good marriage prep so um yes sometimes i don't get along with people and it is easy for my sinful nature to come out and for me to treat them as if they're dumber than me or if I'm uh, if they're below me or if I'm better than them. And it is so, so easy for that to happen. Brett needs a and little love right Brett now. Brett needs a little love right now. <laughs> and I think uh, we're good at doing that on social media. Um, we call people dumb or stupid or idiots or how could they believe that they're so dumb. Um, and that flies directly in the face of both Jesus's teachings and Paul's teachings um, to treat one another uh, better than ourselves and to mm. consider them better than ourselves. And so when I uh, approach someone that maybe I don't like or I think they're dumb and I treat them that way, um, even if I'm right, I am wrong. And that's a bit of yeah. a paradox. Yeah. Um, but that is the, the ethic of the kingdom that Jesus calls right. us to on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, our hearts matter when mm -hmm. we're speaking to people and how we treat others really matters. Yeah, I even think that something like a, a post about um uh, about hell or about yeah um the consequences for your actions and and the consequences of sin and not not that that isn't uh true or important mm. or that justice isn't important but that we're forgetting that we're in we're, we're speaking to the internet and you have all all uh, people at various places of their journey um, to Christ or with Christ or are not yet knowing Jesus and and that would be, that's just you know silly kind of blanket statements to make to the internet um, when we're we're addressing all of public there, mm. which we wouldn't we wouldn't do that you know if you were if you were giving a graduation speech to a. <laughs> A school with a you know a, a wide a wide variety in your audience you wouldn't you wouldn't say those things there so yeah. I think that even that is using using truth to using the truth of scripture to to judge or condemn people publicly is just, I I don't think that that is a, an effective tool to bring people um, into a relationship with Jesus no, I, and I don't think that it ever has been. Like, no, right. But that's just an example of maybe of what of using something that that maybe is true in a in a spirit, um, which is not true to the go uh, the spirit isn't true to the gospel. Yeah, it's actually that's really helpful because honestly, like, there's been periods in my life where I look at something that maybe I don't agree with, but it was posted by a Christian or it's from a like Christian in air quotes um, site. And part of me wonders, like, should I, should I be believing this, even though I don't think that this would be something that represents the gospel? Like, it's a, it's a real struggle that I've had personally, and it's really cool to hear from you guys that it's also like, no, your spirit, the spirit with which you present the gospel, does in fact matter. That's really mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think the, that's another problem with social media, though, is that it it thinks that we can disciple people through social media. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I'm sorry, I don't think Paul or Jesus, uh, when they were speaking about discipleship, had just blasting random things on Facebook as his primary method of doing that. Right. Rather, it was living together in living. community uh, of the, the church, essentially, right? Yeah. And so I think, yeah, I think we need to be careful with with that. Is there a time um, for for publicly professing, whether that's a sermon? Well, yeah, they did that in the book of Acts all the time, right? Peter in, in Acts chapter 2. And so he, he called out the people that were there for sin, but it was very contextualized to mm-hmm. the specific people. Mm-hmm. They were there. Literally, you mm-hmm. shouted, crucify him. Like he's... Right? Yeah. So he's calling them right. out, but he, it, was, it was wise and it was calculated and it was all mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And I don't think um, social media with the, yeah, the reach that it has is, is a wise avenue to, yeah, to disciple people. So what I'm getting from you is that social media has a purpose, but it doesn't replace what church is. But with that in mind, so like our culture is not the same as when church as we know it started. How does like our church have to change now? How does the way that we do church maybe have to adapt and change? Like even in the most minuscule ways, like how do we have to see progression? Yeah, I think one thing um, I can see social media as being an avenue for the church to engage a generation of of people that have got just a little bit uh, I don't know disheartened with the church or. Um, are just simply not engaged the nuns and and the duns i believe is what they call them uh there are a lot of people that profess to be christian but do not go to a church which is a a huge paradox in and of itself and i'm not certain how you you have uh faith in jesus and a love for christ and you refuse to do um some of the basic things that christ commanded us or as the, the early church jesse mentioned acts 2 gathering together for fellowship to to have the apostles teach them and to pray together like those are fundamental aspects of what it means to be a christian we are christians together we're not you're not just christian as an individual on your own out doing your own thing that makes absolutely no sense and so if social media becomes this place where you know we can live out this you know kind of an acts to church model that i don't see that as being possible at all um, so I can see social media as being a bridge to bring people into the church, get some more engagement, but I, I will, yeah, I don't think there'll ever be a replacement. There will never be a replacement for authentic Christian fellowship and community together where real discipleship can happen life on life. I've, you know, I, one of the main ways I'm reasons that I'm on social media is just to kind of keep up with youth kids and to, you know, if I, yeah. you know, you can detect when a kid is really off the rails, if they're going on all these random rants or, you know, depending on what they're posting, that's an opportunity for me to, you know, sit that kid down and say, Hey, like, you know, what's actually going on? And they assume I know nothing and it turns out I actually know quite a bit of what's <laughs> going on. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, we can't replace authentic community with, with social media. Hey everyone, thank you so much for sticking with us till the end of our first podcast. We had a lot of fun recording it and hopefully we can get episode two and part two about social media out to you right away. Just one clarification that I think I need to make when we were talking about the amount of social media that I consume, because you can look on your iPhone and see it. It turns out it wasn't actually social media that I was looking at, but rather screen time. 
Now, I don't really know how much of that screen time was on social media, but you can probably assume that it was a decent amount of it. Anyways, we hope that you really, really enjoyed the first podcast and that you learned something along the way. Maybe laughed. Who knows? Anyways, we'll see you when episode two comes out. Until then, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.